And we're off and running here on 98.9 The Answer. Vince Tornado in for Bruce Hooley for another day of talking with you and seeing what's going on around the world. We're going to do a roundup in each segment. And, uh, well, let's get started. Of course, the uh, the big story today uh, beyond the uh, news in Israel is the fact that uh, we could soon, we could possibly soon have a brand new Speaker of the House. And the gentleman who would be in charge would be none other than Ohio's own Jim Jordan. So the vote is supposed to take place at noon today, and it's fascinating how this thing has uh, has panned out, how uh, votes have flipped, how people have, uh, uh, I, don't, I almost said kind of come out uh, against, but no, they definitely did come out against uh, Jim Jordan. And I, uh, I like this article that I found from, from, from Axios, and it talks about the bulk of Jordan's math problem to get to the, uh, the 217 needed to become Speaker, effectively melted away overnight. So uh, the votes, um, actually on Friday, they had a vote that was uh, like 55. There were 55 Republicans that were opposed to him. And uh, there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of uh, meetings and things happening behind closed doors. So you had uh, one of the uh, big flips was Mike Rogers, the Republican from Alabama. He told reporters that uh, there's nothing that the uh, the leader of the Freedom Caucus, the co-founder, could do to win his support, of course, that being Jim Jordan. And then we had uh, Ann Wagner uh, from Missouri and Steve Scalise, who uh, said that he would not, uh, absolutely, absolutely not, uh, back Jim Jordan. I don't understand this. Like, is Jim Jordan disgraceful? And then, and then, And then you support the guy. So, like, on one hand, you're like, you know, no, he's disgraceful. He's terrible. And then, and then you're eventually going to support him and uh, eat crow, so to speak. Uh, a couple other reps that uh, have flipped are Vern Buchanan from Florida, Ken Calvert from California, uh, Drew Ferguson from Georgia, and Rob Whitman from Virginia. So there you have the list of folks who have flipped, and it looks like he will have uh, a shot today, possibly today, and uh, you know, maybe this time tomorrow. We will have a brand new Speaker of the House. So uh, Jim Jordan uh, doing his thing behind the scenes and getting folks uh, involved to uh, add some pressure on these reps to support him for Speaker of the House, including uh, Sean Hannity's Fox show actually uh, sent emails, apparently, to uh, what's being called uh, potential defectors uh, against uh, against the folks who, who would not support Jim Jordan. And so uh, Sean Hannity's folks got involved, too, and added some pressure. So I would love to know. Like, I'm sure if we could, you know, pop the hood and uh, get to know a little bit more of uh, what is happening behind the scenes with the uh, speaker's race, uh, there would be a whole lot more that we do not know, which I think is the case. A lot of stories and a lot of things as we look at the news around the world is uh, you try to speak with, uh, you know, direct certainty. But the fact is, uh, you know, I don't know. You don't know. We don't we ultimately don't know how things will will end up because, you know, we don't uh, we don't have uh, we, we didn't write the book. We'll, we'll just put it to you that way. So I have had some time with Jim Jordan, not like, you know, we're buddy buddy or anything like that. He wouldn't even know my name, but I, I do get a good vibe from this guy. I mean, he is a good solid strong conservative i mean do i agree with everything that he's done do i think he's uh the best thing ever um no but you know do i think that uh this is certainly better uh than uh, some of the other options that we've had in the past absolutely and i think it's great we got a guy from right here in ohio so you can uh you can rest assured that uh that he's a solid guy and we'll look forward to seeing 
how that vote plays out later. Um, I did, honestly, admittedly, I'll just be real with you. I did have uh, some hard time caring about this, and I, and I, I still do to a certain extent. I know it's, it's not inconsequential. Uh, you know, the, the, the speaker's race is important for, you know, quite a lot of obvious reasons. And, you know, the point in time that we find ourselves, you know, it is important to have a unified base. So I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how somebody who, um, you know, arguably is uh, pretty polarizing, uh, you know, Jim Jordan being that, of course, uh, how how he will uh, work to uh, to unify the base. Because you have the Freedom Caucus, uh, and that is uh, what a lot of folks would say. Uh, is, I love how they characterize these things, the extreme right. You know, suddenly, like, you know, being conservative or believing in traditional American values uh, is uh, is known as extreme right or, uh, or or hardline right or however you want to put it, but uh, but yeah, so we'll see we'll see what happens. So that'll be uh, around noon today is going to be the vote, but of course you know things will be delayed. There'll be other different parliamentarian things, uh, but uh, he needs to get uh, that 217 votes locked in, and uh, we'll see what he can do to uh, advance the uh, the good of the party and uh, unify folks, and uh, perhaps uh, maybe. Uh, Maybe uh, get some good done in the midst of all this uh, chaos in Washington, D.C. Another interesting story, and I love this. One of the things that I I find uh, frustrating is that just because somebody is a celebrity, suddenly they have all of the uh, the experience, the knowledge, the know-how to to get the job done. And and, and I don't understand that how, how sometimes unconsciously, but we treat celebrities, maybe not you, but sometimes you just think, oh, well, they might have this, you know, you know, uh, breadth of experience because they are, uh, you know, uh, they're they're famous and they've, they've had uh, all this life experience that they've been brought through and they could do a great job in public office. You know, case in point is 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 people like uh, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And other celebrities who have who have run for office, and I guess uh, you know Ronald Reagan. I mean, he was in the movies before uh, before he was involved in in public office, and so I, I guess that you know there is some experience that uh, quote unquote celebrities or popular figures could have that could lend itself to uh, being a uh, halfway decent public servant. But I just get frustrated when it's just like. Oh, let's listen to what every word these celebrities have to say because they can say uh, uh, um, nothing wrong, and they're just gold bars dropping out of their mouth when they say things. So, case in point with this is the, uh, the story with uh, Oprah, and and Oprah is somebody who has come up as I mean, she'd be a great president. I don't think so. I mean, I think she's a decent person, but just because somebody's a decent person doesn't necessarily make them a great president. So. There's a book coming out a uh, week from today, actually. It is called Romney, A Reckoning. And, of course, uh, Mitt Romney is not going to be running for re-election. This book has been uh, sourced from uh, many hours of uh, interviews with the man himself. And, of course, uh, the writers got access to his diaries and journals. So it's going to be a bit of a deep dive on the story and the life of Mitt Romney and apparently, um, Oprah approached Mitt Romney as, uh, with, with the idea of running as a unity presidential ticket in 2020 to, uh, to try to stop Donald Trump's reelection. Can you imagine that? A uh, Romney Winfrey ticket? 
That would have been fascinating to see. I'm not sure how far it would have gone, but according to this book, according to this new Romney book, what happened is that uh, Romney uh, told the author, according to this article from uh, from Axios, uh, he dismissed the idea, believing that such a campaign would inadvertently help Trump. And and uh, and that is that. But just think about for a second, like depart from reality with me and think of like, you know, Winfrey Romney. That would have been uh, that would have been uh, interesting to see that play out. What, 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 what the campaign slogan would have been? I don't know. So we got uh, Amy uh, Coney Barrett, of course, a, a Supreme Court justice. She was uh, speaking at the uh, University of Minnesota at a, uh, a law school. Interrupted by protesters, but amidst this conversation, um, she was uh, asked, and the conversation came up about an ethics code or some sort of uh, code for the Supreme Court justices. She said uh, she thought it would be a good idea, and this is a quote, particularly so that we can communicate to the public exactly what it is that we're doing in a clearer way than perhaps we've been able to do so far. She stressed that, quote, Unanimity among the nine justices, that there is unanimity among all the nine justices, that we should be able to do uh, and do hold ourselves to the highest ethical standards possible. So she's saying there is unanimity among them, that they should hold themselves uh, to those high standards. And uh, she did talk about uh, a little bit further about having an, an ethics code. And I, and I think what, what, what troubles me about this is suddenly when there are some great rulings that come come down, and there are some uh, wonderful things that do happen from the Supreme Court for a change. Suddenly, oh, let's talk about ethics codes and all those things. And then there, there's investigations and leaks and things that come from the uh, the Supreme Court. Of course, you got the uh, the issues with uh, Clarence Thomas and Sonia Sotomayor and these articles that have come out. And not to get into the particulars of what their quote unquote ethics violations would be or are. Uh, it, this this is this is in my opinion. This is a slow ride to uh, mess with the Supreme Court and alter its uh, its intended purpose. And I think that uh, even if you have an, an ethics code or something that is brought forth from the Supreme Court, uh, it's not going to satisfy people. And, and this feels to me like a backdoor way to, uh, to pack the court and to, uh, and to mess with it. So be wary of that, uh, as I am as well. Interesting story coming out of Columbus. Some workers at a warehouse, they want to pray, but the employer says, nah. We'll talk about that next on The Bruce Uli Show. It's Vince Tornado. All right, it's Vince Tornado in for Bruce Uli here on 98.9 The Answer. Coming up in 12 minutes, we're going to be talking with the host of a great new podcast that I got hip to. Uh, and uh, it'll be good. It'll be good. We'll uh, we'll delve into that at eleven thirty four here on ninety eight nine. Also, in uh, just uh, slightly more than an hour, we're going to be talking uh, and uh, getting a little bit more about what's happening with issue two, because there is another issue that is on the ballot here in Ohio besides issue one. It's important as well, and it has to deal with the legalization of marijuana. And I love I I love these like simple phrases. And I know we talked about this yesterday. And and you've got to be you got to be aware of like when oh that's just in a nice neat little package the uh, the slogan for issue 2 is is regulate marijuana like like alcohol oh yeah that sounds great just just do that it, it, no there's there's a whole lot more to it and you got to uh uh crack the hood open and uh, take a look underneath and see what they're selling 
and uh, what else you might need to know about it. So, yeah, we will inform you, and that'll be at 1230. But join us here in about uh, 10 minutes now for a, a great conversation with the host of a podcast that I have increasingly enjoyed and want to share with you. So it'll be fun. It'll be great. So stick around here on 98.9 The Answer. Uh, and this story, coming from the Columbus Dispatch, I found this interesting. There are uh, some workers, and this is uh, near Rickenbacker Airport, so it's in the south end of Columbus here, and there is a Macy's distribution center. It's uh, Macy. It's called like a Macy's backstage distribution center, so it's almost like if you ever go to one of those, uh, I don't want to say secondhand clothing stores. It's like if a store goes out of business or something, or or it's like you know the kind of the uh, the next level of uh, of of Macy's selling clothing. So it's sort of like a discount rack, like Nordstrom rack or something like that. And uh, there is a uh, facility down there, a warehouse, and there are just over sixty workers. Let me peel open this article here. Sixty-seven workers who uh, walked out. Friday morning, in protest of a uh, recent change in in policy. This is uh, 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 incredible. I, w- I would not want to do this work. This is so I admire anybody who's willing to, to to take this up. But these workers at this uh, Macy's facility here in Columbus, on the south end of the city, uh, do twelve hour shifts. Starts at six a.m. So they do six a to six p. And uh, they recently had a change in policy. The company did. That requires them to use their half-hour lunch break time for prayer. So it's almost like if you think of somebody who is taking a cigarette break, you know, those aren't really scheduled. And so it's almost like the company just said, okay, you get your 30 minutes to to take lunch, and then you get an additional, you know, few minutes during the day to uh, to to pray. Well, these 67 workers that walked out of the job on Friday happened to be a part of a Muslim community here in in central Ohio. These workers, according to uh, to Islam, is praying five times a day. You stop and pray. You, uh, you go into a room. Uh, and according to uh, to what I'm reading, you know, it's not a prayer that's going to last, you know, any, you know, big length of time. It'll be, uh, you know, five to seven minutes. So if they have 30 minutes for their lunch break then you add in let's say at most 21 minutes three times because they would pray three times during their shift that'd be another 21 minutes so it's about 51 minutes of of break time not i mean it's 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 break time that's 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 the break time the company is is paying them to pray but the change in policy is 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 this it doesn't seem like, you know, from from my perspective, not having, you know, run one of these facilities, it, it does seem like it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you got 30 minutes and you pray at most seven minutes apiece times 321, 51 minutes. It's not that big of a deal, when you, especially when you're doing a big, you know, 12 hour shift. You know, what's what, what's the big deal? You know, they they get less than an hour to break during a 12 hour shift. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. So. Uh, the article continues and talks about the change in policy, and here's where they walked out and, and they protested. So 67 out of how many? I, I'm not sure. But at least 67 is a considerable number of people to to leave the job. So they go and they walked out because the change is they have to deduct their prayer time from the break time. So if you're going to pray for 21 minutes, that leaves you 9 minutes. They have 30-minute break. If you're going to pray... You, you, and you pray for as most seven minutes apiece, three times, 
So you have like nine minutes there to eat your lunch. And so that's what the workers are complaining about is the fact that now it's like they got to choose between eating or praying. And and it's it's not all and this, and this is the problem. Another thing too that I didn't bring up yesterday. If somebody is going and painting something as black and white to you, which I guess is another level of of presenting something in a relatively extreme way, if somebody is painting something very black and white and concrete, that's a problem because that doesn't happen too often, at least when it deals with the news specifically. There's usually a little bit of wrong on both sides. So it kind of creeps me out. And let's just say I'm there and I want to take some time to stop and pray, which, according to you know my faith, I would imagine most of Protestant Christianity, you don't have to stop, sit in a room and pray and, and do that. But 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 that's what Islam does, and 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 that's what uh, and that's part of the complaint here is that they want to stop and pray in in the middle of the workday. So it's not cut and dry in that Macy's also installed a security camera in the prayer room, which kind of cameras in general just creep me out. Like when when friends and family, I don't think any of my family has like a ring doorbell, but like when friends or, or other you know relatives, you know, have like a ring doorbell or a camera doorbell, it's 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 kind of creepy. You know, it's like, Ugh, I don't want to be, you know, you're, you're spying on me. I'll leave the package right there. It's, it's, it's odd. So I wouldn't want to be, you know, spied on if I were, if I were, you know, praying at, uh, at work. But then I was, I was wondering, like, what, what caused the change? You know, what, what caused Macy's to, to want to change this, this, this policy? And, and what's their policy on, on, on smoke breaks? Now, Macy's has to prove in federal law. Here's a quote from the article from the dispatch. Under federal law, employers with more than 15 employees must provide reasonable accommodations for workers to adhere to their religious practices unless doing so would result in undue hardship. So we'll see where this goes because Macy's would have to prove that. So what exactly is the undue hardship? Uh, and, and, and how would I react as, as, as a man of faith myself if my child or I were working there and they wanted me to, to deduct my prayer time from my break time? If it were me. I would continue to do my job and look for employment elsewhere if I was felt, felt really strongly about that. But I don't need to stop and pray and, and pray in a room. But uh, that is what Islam is, and that's what they would like to do. So we'll see how that story pans out. But I would look for a different job. That's the way that I would handle that and uh, counsel my children to do that as well. All right, great new podcast. We're going to talk about uh, that, talk with the host, ask some great questions. Adriel Sanchez is on next here on 98.9 The Answer.